We've got a top five coming your way with a very special guest. Jonah Weingarten from the Movie Lovers Podcast is here. But we've got him talking music with us as we roll out our top five new wave hits of the 80s. Stay with us. Get ready for the 3324 Podcast, where lifelong friends Dean Legiro and Eric Coover share their love of all things music and movies. Dean has directed short films and is a music trivia buff. And Eric, trained in audio engineering, brings his extensive knowledge of music and film to the conversation as they discuss, debate, and celebrate their favorite albums, films, and much more. Welcome, friends, to the 3324 Podcast. Dean Legiro with you here, as well as Eric Kuber. Hello, hello. There he is. And a special guest. We've got another top five special guest. Jonah Weingarten from Movie Lovers Podcast is with us. So gracious. Thank you, Jonah, for taking time out of your day to, to share your top five with us as well. Absolutely. Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So, Jonah, Welcome. why don't you tell us a little bit about the uh, your podcast, Movie Lovers Podcast? Movie Lovers Podcast uh, was started by myself and my wonderful girlfriend, Mallory, about a year ago. Originally, she wanted to just do a podcast by herself, but I was like, hey, I want to be included too, especially <laughs> if it's a movie podcast. So we figured out that uh, it was fun and spicy to to disagree about things, uh, especially movie related in, in the podcast format. So it's been a, a wonderful journey with you know doing that with her and a great couples activity and it's starting to catch on so nice nice yeah, and wh- where, where can everybody find your podcast they can find us at movieloverspod.com or at movieloverspod on facebook instagram and twitter nice yeah, and, they, and they have a very very interesting spin on on uh how they approach movies so it's not just your yeah. normal standard movie review and and they i don't want to give it away you really have to check out one of the episodes because they really have some di- some in- interesting categories <laughs> uh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely and me and my wife are already big fans so we've already listened to a few episodes so we we like your approach very much <laughs> so yeah, i appreciate yeah. that yeah. thank you yeah, it's, a yeah little, that, it's a little unorthodox at times yeah. <laughs> well, well, let's let's give uh, what, you know what why don't you give a couple of the categories that you guys do Let, let's wet let's wet their appetite um, well, so one of them is who would you bone? Uh, we have alternate porn title. Um, we have the O'Doyle, which is, um, of course comes from the, the Billy Madison movie. Yeah, O'Doyle like, rules. O'Doyle rules. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we have more serious categories like who would you give the Oscar to and movie magic. And, um, we have the music score and soundtrack. Um, but one of the fun things about our podcast is that, uh, we also have, like kind of voiceover and musical segue bits mm-hmm. that uh, I did myself all in the studio. So you get to hear uh, my Arnold Arnold impersonation and um, all my ridiculous ridiculousness. I wouldn't even know how else to describe it, but <laughs> it's yeah. it's fun. It's sort of like um, it's sort of a like a variety show kind of spin on it. Um, cool, you know, yeah. like how Jimmy Fallon has little like musical bits between mm-hmm. the yeah, introduced yeah. things. And, yeah, cool. Nice. So fun. Really great stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you. So you might be yep. wondering why is somebody that does a movie podcast guest hosting on a music episode? But in addition to the movie lovers podcast, Jonah is also a professional musician. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that as well? Um, well, I am an AFM records recording artist. I play in a band called Pyramaze. That's P-Y-R-A-M-A-Z-E um, that hails from Denmark. So I'm the only American member of that band been in that band for almost 20 years and we are currently working on our seventh record Mm -hmm. um and then i also play in a band that's based in germany called catalyst crime that's a symphonic metal band and uh we are on massacre records so pyramids is uh sort of melodic progressive power metal and then catalyst crime is symphonic metal and then um i also do things like video game soundtracks and sports team anthems i mean um i get hired for random studio projects all the time and i love i love those too the one-off things so yeah neat neat and, and we are neat. we are so happy and excited that you've taken the time to uh to share your your time with us and as we talk about 80s new wave top five 80s new wave hits so uh i sent jonah a list of different subjects and this is what he picked oh so great um you know we're, we're ready to do it and we're happy that he's he's here and he's got his list ready so when we talk about 80s new wave, my first thought was, I thought, well, my list is mainly going to be English groups, <laughs> yeah. right? Because usually when you think 80s new wave, you immediately think like the second British invasion. 
Yeah. Right. Pretty much. I mean, all those synth pop bands and, 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 you know, they really, yeah, there was a whole new renaissance of, of, of that kind of thing. So, you know, synthesizer came into the fray in a, in a much more pleasant way, I guess it wasn't so prog anymore. It wasn't used for spacey effect now. And now it's just, you know, we're getting these little two minute songs and, and it was used it to became a lead in instrument. Way. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the much maligned drum machine as well. So <laughs> yeah. not only were they, yeah. were they sampling guitars with keyboards and, all that stuff, the, uh, much to the drum, most drummers hated drum oh, I machines, I, I, you know? I, yeah, me too. <laughs> like they, they would play them, but they're like, no, I'd rather, I'd rather play drums. So, so Jonah, was this, was this difficult? Was this a tough, a, a tough nut to crack for you? Or did you have five just like ready to rock and roll? Uh, yeah, not a difficult nut to crack at all. I was born in 83. So my memories of these songs are from when I was a very small child, uh, at least when they were originally released. And of course, like as I've gotten older, I've really sort of rediscovered it all and gotten more into, you know, like Depeche Mode's catalog and whatever. But uh, as a keyboard player myself, of course, I also have an appreciation for what some might consider to be super cheesy stuff. I do own a keytar also. You oh, should know there you go. going into this. So <laughs> that's great. That's great. Yeah. I think um, you and I think you and Jan Hammer have the only two keytars left. There you go. <laughs> well, uh, Roland has been making keytars uh, every now and then. They'll run out like a new line of keytars. And I mean, there's definitely a, a market for it. You might be surprised to know. Joe Jackson was using that for a while too, wasn't he? In some of his live shows, he was he was kind of incorporating that into into, into his sound as well. But uh, yeah, that's that's cool stuff. That's awesome. Um, I'd, love to, I'd love to hear you play it. <laughs> yeah, there's a video out there somewhere. But yeah. um, Eric, I was going to say it's funny you mentioned the thing about uh, the British invasion and 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 that because um, whenever I do my impersonation of any of these new wave bands, you know, I always like I start sounding like a Charles Dickens character, you know. <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> Monday, Tuesday, Tyre, you know, yeah, like, you go. like the whole thing. Very, <laughs> very Dickensian. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. All right. Let, well, let, let's okay. let's get it rolling. So what we're going to do is Eric is we're going to do our, our five, four, three, two, one. Eric will go first. We're going to put Jonah in the uncomfortable position of being between us. As always, and we'll be like we did with with Christian, our top five alternative. You're, you're we'll sandwiched be throwing, in. Yeah, we'll be throwing some sandwich we'll be, action. <laughs> we'll be go. throwing some elbows. <laughs> we'll be throwing some elbows at him, make him uncomfortable, um, and we'll roll it all the way down to number one. Uh, Eric, is there any theme to your list? Normally, there's a, there's an order. We haven't done one in a while. Usually, you you alphabetize or year or uh, no. There's really no particular order. To no mind. rhyme or reason. Nope. Nope. Jonah, any, Actually, any with yours? Well, any, well, let, me, let me scale. Let me okay. Let me scale <laughs> that back. Go. Let me walk it back. <laughs> my f- number five and my number one are both from the same year. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Yeah, so I kind of bookended. You know. Okay. So there you I've, go. I've got three from the same year when I'm looking at my list. Not not by design, but I'm like, wow. Okay. <laughs> Jonah, any any trend in in your list, or it's just uh, all over the place? Um, I mean, some of them just sort of elicit memories or emotions or that kind of thing. And I, uh-huh. I couldn't even tell you what year they're from. I just okay. know that they're from the 80s. <laughs> it's kind of like us with the 70s, right? We we were probably like you, very young, you know, but we, we, we have a lot of great memories about the 70s music. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. what we kind of grew up on. So it's, you know, it's interesting to hear, to hear. Yeah, we Someone were teens. come in from a, dec- a decade later, you know, to, to experience that. So it's yeah. great. I can yeah, be like, well, this song came out when I was in kindergarten. So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Oh, All right, let, let's get it going. So, without any further delay or ado, as it were, let's get it rolling. So, Eric, you're gonna you're gonna roll us with the your number five top new wave hit of the '80s. Let it rip. All right. So this this was the song that launched MTV. Video killed the radio star by the Buggles, uh, Jeff Downs and Trevor Horn. I'm a big prog fan. So these guys were, I mean, they, they, this song actually came out in 79 and it was recorded concurrently with another group, with another person who co-wrote the song. And uh, Thomas Dolby played keyboards on that version of the song. Interestingly enough, I didn't know that until just before I came on, <laughs> I was doing some of the research and yeah, these guys ended up playing with yes, you know, for their, for their 1980 drama album, which I thought was very interesting. It's kind of like the buggles meets yes. And it's like when John Anderson and, 
and Rick Wakeman left the band, these guys filled in and they were sort of brought that sort of 80s, already like very 80s sound to the band. And then of course, a couple of years later, Trevor Horn would produce their, their number one hit with Owner of Lonely Heart. So, but this song, I, I just think it's just fun. I've always loved it. I think it's so kitschy, but you know, to, for, you know, this really means a lot because it, you know, it wasn't really a big hit on chart wise, but like I said, it, you know, it launched MTV and that was a huge, huge deal for us. So, so there it is. That's yeah. my number five. Very, very yeah. prophetic song too. I yeah, mean, absolutely. No, nobody yeah. would have ever thought at the, at the time that yet, like you said, it seems like a novelty thing and mm-hmm. very, very kind of uh but it you speaks know, it, to the great change, the great, like I yeah. mentioned before, the renaissance of, of 80s, you know, like the, the, the technology that would be coming incorporated into the music. So, yeah, they, they're, you know, basically talking about this in the song. So and, and no one yeah. ever thought like that the first video ever played in MTV would be such a, a watershed moment or memorialized yeah. as what song was it? And ironically enough, it was Video Killed the Radio Star. So it was yeah, just directed kinda... by Russell Mulcahy, who did Highlander. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and he did a lot of music in the yeah, 80s. Yeah. He, was, he was doing everything. He did Queen. He did all kinds of – he was yep. just a music video guy before yep. uh, before Highlander. So uh, that, that's a great choice. I, yeah. That one was easy for me. That was yeah, like the was... first song I actually thought of. So, really? Yeah. 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 Trevor, Trevor, you're yeah. not going to go wrong with Trevor Horn. That's right. And he I, he actually almost made an appearance on one of my other songs that came off of, but mm-hmm. uh, well. We'll maybe save that for later. So, Jonah, what do you got for number five? Top five hits of the 80s. New wave. So my number five pick is Shout by Tears for Fears. I mean, very well-known song, very iconic. And um, I just always loved the vocals from the singer, whose name I I couldn't tell you, but I'm sure you guys maybe might know. Roland Olsball. There you go. Yeah, he had a very unique tone to his voice, sort of that mid-range. I really like that. Mm-hmm. And you guys should check out uh, a synth wave group called Scandroid did a cover of this song that honestly is as good or better than the original. Marking it down. <laughs> Scandroid. S-C-A-N-D-R-O-I-D. Yeah. Okay. R-O-I-D. Yeah. It's fantastic. fantastic. Yeah. Cool. Wow. So you, yeah, you, that's you, a great you, choice. You, did you remember hearing that or was that something you revisited or, or kind of came to later? This is one of those songs that you hear your whole life. You know, you go in anywhere. You could go into an Applebee's or something and they're playing it. But I think in my older older years, and by that I mean more recently, I've I've been appreciating 80s New Wave more because I got into the synth wave movement. I listened to a lot of synth wave, um, which is this re- revival of this, but with a modern twist. And um, a lot of these synth wave groups are doing covers of the older 80s songs. Yeah. Yeah, putting their spin like, or reimagining them, I guess. Or, right. or you said it's even better. So, is it is is the new version faithful, or it's just so different that it's better? It, it's absolutely faithful. Um, it just has better production. Um, he, the guy nailed the vocals. He sounds just like the fellow. Oh, is nice. that Roland? Was his name? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's yeah. really cool. Wow. Neat. That's, and that's, that's one, one. It's one of the great albums of the '80s too. Songs yes. from the Big Chair. Everybody wants to rule the world. I mean, yeah, that Head over, a, he- Head over Heels was on yeah. that album as well. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Um, that was like, yeah, that was like their their breakthrough album. Uh, Tears for Fears. All of a sudden, like they were they were all over the place. And yep. yeah, shouts. That's a good choice. Two good choices. Mm-hmm. Excellent choices. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't. You know what? Tears for Fears didn't even like enter. I didn't even get there. Like I was still like scraping the surface of like the stuff that I remembered. So my number five. <clears throat> goes back to 1981 and i remember hearing this song and it was for me it was something different it was kind of maybe i think it was my first one of my first exposures to new wave gary newman cars would have been number five but it was like it was like technically 79 so i'm like yeah oh, you know yeah. that's like the godfather but this, i think this is like the goddaughter is uh <laughs> kid kids in america by kim wilde i knew you were going to pick this one i really had that feeling i just had that feeling you were i didn't gonna, know i was yeah. going to pick it it hit number <laughs> it hit number five on the chart so it actually didn't yeah. do, do too bad but it was just a totally different sound at that time from from the stuff i was listening to um and it's got that it's got, kind of got that gary newman ish yeah vibe but i don't but for some reason it also evokes a little bit of blondie for me i don't know if it's the vocal or just yeah. like doesn't sound like blondie but it's kind of in that like it's like a new a newer way even though blondie you could probably consider new way right it's, it's, it's sort of punk it's that has that sort of post-punk feel but but incorporating that 
new wave sound to it. So yeah, it's, and it's yeah, just yeah. totally like for me, yep. it was like, oh wow, this is just something totally different than what I was listening to. You know, at the what eighty one Fleetwood Mac, listening to that kind of stuff, and then and then like Kids in America came out, and I'm like, wow, yeah. this just sounded so so different. And then she had that song, uh, "You Keep Me Hanging On." That she did the cover of the the Supreme song, which she made a hit as well. Yeah, but this one was just so. I, for me, it was kind of like the shot across the bow of this is just a different, really a different type of sound because it really was like synth heavy, you know, and not the normal type of music that I was listening to where it's like guitar, bass, and, you know, kind of you, you hear all that stuff. This was just totally mm -hmm. um, early days for me, 81. That was kind of like, wow, I, I, didn't, I didn't even know where this came from. And I think I might have seen it on like USA Night Flight. I don't know if you remember that show, Eric. Yeah, yeah. Pre-MTV, <laughs> they had this show on, on cable that would like from at midnight, they would show these obscure videos. Yeah. And, and I think yep. that's where it, I think that's where I may have seen it. So memory. So, so far, so we've got Video Kill the Radio Star. We've got Tears for Fears with Shout, which is a great one. And Kim Wild Kids in America. So Eric, why don't you lay out number four? All right. My, so my number four is actually, it's a, it's a kind of an earworm song for me because it, it keeps, for some weird reason, it, keep, it keeps popping up even today. I get, when I hear it, it sticks in my head for like a week and I can't get rid of it. Probably because of its, uh, I don't know, it's it, just the kind of like really late, it's not really laid back nature of it, but it's just kind of a smooth recording but it, I actually, the first time I heard it, my sister was listening because she was into the sort of the gothy kind of stuff. She was into the Smiths. And, you know, so uh, this is The Killing Moon by Echo and the Bunnymen. And this actually appeared on the soundtrack to Darnie Darko, which if you've never seen that film, that is a wild. <laughs> I, I, I have no idea what's going on in that movie, but I love <laughs> the soundtrack to that to that film. There's such great songs head over heel. I almost went with head over heels because I was kind of like debating which one I should use, but they both appeared on the same soundtrack, but killing moon. I just, I just love, I love the sound of it. It's a great recording it came out in 84 on an album called ocean rain. And it just, it has that sort of gothy feel, but, the, but, but not really, it's not too heavy in that, like, Ooh, you know, kind of like the, like the Smiths, you know, it doesn't really go that, that deep. And the, that the far. mascara isn't that heavy. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's actually kind of a, you know, you could actually kind of dance to the tune. It's like, a, it, you could move to it. It's, it's, I love the groove. I, I, you know, Dean will tell you that I'm a big fan of rhythm, you know, being a, a sort of a frustrated drummer myself. I, I'm always into songs with a nice bass line or a groove to it. And this has that, and it has, I love the vocal on it too. So, yeah. So, but you know, I got it, but I, like every sort of every 10 years, you know, it, it comes to me and then it just sticks in my head for like days and I can't, can't get rid of it out of my head. It was, I think it's their biggest hit. Uh, but I don't think it, I think it was like number nine, I believe or something, but in, in the, in the UK charts. Mm -hmm. Um, but it, uh, but it's, it's their most well-known song. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they, they had oh, that song right. lips like sugar also. I think yeah. that was another one yeah. from them. And then kind of, yeah, that was all that Susie and the Banshees and yeah. <laughs> all those yeah. groups in that, uh, like, you know, from that, you know, like the cure and, and echo and the bunny men, it was that, that really genre of that. Yeah. Was that? Yeah. Of, I love of the new names wave. of these bands, you know, so the <laughs> new, new wavy, but then also splintering off into the goth as well. So yeah. Jonah, what do you got for number four? Lay it on us. All right. So this is where I start to get a little silly. Uh, I got last Christmas by wham. <laughs> it's my favorite choice. Christmas song and I'll listen to it in like July. Just so I'm like, Oh yeah, Christmas is coming soon. You know, <laughs> It's just, it's a good jam. You know, I find Christmas music generally annoying. So to have one that I can like vibe with, you know, uh -huh. and I don't know if you guys can think of any other Christmas songs that could be classified as 80s new wave, but there you no. have it. No. And it's funny. We were, I think we did a holiday live show and I said that I hated covers of last Christmas that the no one should ever cover because I think yes. Taylor Swift yeah. does a cover and mm -hmm. it's awful. Oh. And I'm yeah. like, it is the biggest piece of trash. <laughs> Why would you even try it? I said, I only ever want to hear the the Wham version of Last Christmas. So I'm I'm on board with you, Jonah. Right. The only I think the only song that I would apply to your you know to the to the new wave thing would be the waitresses, right? Christmas wrapping, or, you know, Christmas yeah, Christmas wrapping by the waitresses. That's oh, that yeah. is a full on new wave song. I mean, yeah. you can almost yeah. Again, you could listen to that product pretty much any time of the year, you know. So. Uh, that's it that's a go. all right a christmas one a christmas in christmas in february uh, january as it were for us but <laughs> uh, a perennial for jonah do you listen to any other wham or is that just an outlier of like 
I don't really care for Wham, but this one does it for me. Yeah, I mean, I've never, I would definitely not consider myself a, a fan of Wham in general. But um, I mean, this last Christmas is um, on my Christmas playlists and stuff like that that I always want to listen to around the holidays. So, but cool. it's like, it's just, it's a jam, you know, it's always catchy and it always yeah. puts you in a good mood. So, yeah, and George Michael, you're not going to go wrong with him. He's just a great, yeah, a great singer. So, mm hmm. You're not going to miss. And it just happens to be about Christmas, but that's all right. You know, it's still a great song, though. <laughs> right? It's just kind of that's how you're looking at it. It doesn't make a difference. It's just good music. So, and that's yeah. the point. So, and I, I agree that it should never be covered. That's just total silliness. You know, yeah. that's like how they want to do a movie remake of The Godfather. Like, why, why would you do that? <laughs> or Scarface. Like, get out of here. You know, yeah. <laughs> well, I, heard for, that. I heard for The Godfather remake, they were going to get Will Ferrell and John C. Riley. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. I was like, I <laughs> hope you're kidding. Because <laughs> they do everything together. So yeah, like, could they, you they're, imagine? They're like the oh, my goodness. <laughs> Jonah's face. <laughs> like, is he, he serious? Like, yeah. The horror. Oh, the horror he, of it all. He totally stopped. He totally stopped and his eyebrows went up. I was like. <laughs> <laughs> you know something? I don't. Wow. That's great. Uh, okay. My, uh, we're on number four. Okay. My number four. All right. Uh, this comes from 1985, and so we're kind of like oh, like in the middle of like the new wave, and it started to kind of get out of those rough edges of of just all synthy stuff because mm -hmm. the early new wave was just all synthy stuff, and everybody's so excited, you know, like like Heath Ledger, it's like a dog, and I wouldn't know what to do with her if I caught it, you know. It's like everybody was just using drum machines and synthesizers just for whatever reason, not knowing what they're doing, but. In 1985, Level 42 came out with a song called Something About You. Yeah, that's a great choice. And yeah. when I, as soon as I heard the bass, what he was doing, Mark King was doing with the bass on that song, because mm -hmm. he was he really kind of brought the, the kind of the slap style bass playing back, um, and then especially applying it to something new wavy, which was kind of neat. So he kind of brought the funk, funk inspired bass playing into like a new wave song and the the bass really is is kind of like the main instrument in that song and i just always as soon as i heard that song i was just like wow it was, it was just something about it huh corny um <laughs> and it's just a really simple arrangement it's just a really simple song there's not a lot of tricks and not a lot of kind of new wavy things about it um which means it's just like a solid song but it's it just happens to be in that genre and Mark King just became, you know, became a really in-demand bass player as a result of this. He played like the Princess Trust concerts and all that other stuff because he's like a virtuoso bass player. But then he was in this like new wave band. Yeah. And then and Level 42 kind of, you know, kind of as far as the states go, they kind of came and went. But that song, I could just always listen to it because it's just so catchy and it's it's all about the bass. All about yeah, that. It's bass. all like, it's like Megan like Trainer it, says. It's, it's almost like an English funk. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, sort of bringing back that sort of funk style of bass playing, which is fantastic, you know, and putting it in this, I wouldn't say, you know, like really heavy synth industrial kind of thing you know, going on, but there is, you know, there, there are moments of the song where it just has those bursts of, you know, yeah. dun, 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 you know, like the, you know, the horns, but they're not horns. They're just, they're keyboards, but you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, you're, it's that's a fantastic choice. That's that's I, yeah, I actually thought about that one myself. It's level forty-two, but it's number four, so we didn't do a top fifty. If we did a top fifty, it would definitely be number forty-two because I would have to match it. Oh, of course, countdown. But we, <laughs> we just don't have that kind of time, and I don't think anybody wants to listen to us talk about fifty songs each. Wow, well, no. <laughs> unless no. it's like a seven-part mini-series. Yeah, we'd have to break that up. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so uh number three eric why don't you why don't you uncork your number three uh new wave hit of the all right so this 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 is this one is is the the sort of deep cut uh what i was what i was talking about and i'm i was a huge or i still am uh when i got into the police uh i was obsessed with the band when i first got into them so of course being so obsessed you want to collect everything that they've done and that includes soundtrack work that includes solo work you know that kind of thing so and I'm also a huge Stuart Copeland fan. So with this, this that he did the soundtrack for. I probably one of maybe five people on the planet that actually owned the Rumblefish soundtrack, and actually had it in my pocket, and listened to it on my Walkman. Even though the whole thing is mostly score, and there's just only one song actual with lyrics and a singer, and that is "Don't Box Me In." And I just love love this track. I love the love the lyrics to it. You know, he plays all the instruments himself. Copeland and he has Stan Ridgeway from Wall of Voodoo uh, singing 
singing the track, you know, so that's an, you know, so to have that collaboration too, was always cool for me too. And when artists got together and did things together. So, and Copeland would go on and do this. In fact, he, you know, he actually, he's in a band with uh, Mark King with, uh, from level 42 just recently. Like he, he, uh, put together this gizmo, like it's like a prog traveling Wilburys and has like this super group of like, <laughs> of, of prog artists, you know, uh, doing this thing. And it's, it's, it's an amazing album. It's, it's called gizmo, gizmondo is the name of the band. And I forget the name of the album, but it's such, it's so crazy. And he's, you know, he's got Adrian blue from King Crimson on there and it's and there's some Italian uh you know keyboardist on there so but um I always love Copeland's like soundtrack work that that quirky you hear it in like she's having a baby and and like some you know he did a lot of movies but they, you could always tell it's Stuart Copeland with that yeah. that weird rhythm track and interestingly enough I never saw Rumblefish until much later and if I had I would have really appreciated what he was actually doing on this soundtrack because it was all about time the whole movie is based like you know coppola like based the entire sound structure of the film on time so the entire thing is all about rhythm so there's sound effects that that apply to the score you know there's click you know, cl you know, clocks ticking and you know uh, typewriters and you know and you could actually hear it in in the track and, and hear it on the soundtrack as well all the sound effects so the blending of sound design and score music was always fascinating to me and you know I, I there's several other soundtracks that i love listening to for that for that effect so but yeah that it, but the song itself there's it's such great lyrics in it and it really i think there's one line in it where he says you know if i if i if and when i don't talk you know this blackboard lacks a piece of chalk and it's such a <laughs> it's such a great line like just don't keep me down don't box me in i'm gonna you know i want to, to do i want to change i want to do more or whatever and that's, you know, kind of what this, what the movie's about. You know, if you know, if you know the story, if you've read, ever read the book. Mm -hmm. Mickey Rourke was in that too, right? Mickey he was in Rourke, Fish. Yeah. Matt Dillon. It's a great film. Yeah. It really is. It's kind of artsy. He went the artsy route. Yeah. It was in, filmed it. in sepia tone, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and there's only one piece of color, which is the, which, which is actually the fish. You know, there's a, this scene where it's an aquarium. There's the fish are red and that's the only piece of color in the entire film that, you know, that shows up. So it's, it's, it's interesting. So, you know, but yeah, but I, I love that track and I, you know, I just love Stuart Copeland. He's one of my favorite drummers. Cool. Always has been, still is. So there you go. Stan, Stan Ridgeway, you, you said wall of voodoo. Yeah. They were, they were about an inch away from making my top five mm. with, with Mexican radio. With Mexican that radio. Song, yep. <laughs> damn it. That song is so crazy. Yeah. And it I was listening to it yesterday. I'm like, man, uh, you know, it was such a good song. Yep. Oh boy. All right. Jonah, what do you got yes. for us? Number three. All right. My number three pick is True Faith by New Order. Hmm. And it's actually a song I got into because it was on the American Psycho soundtrack. You know, the Christian Bale movie. Yeah. yeah. I just, yeah, I, it's it's a bop, as the kids would say these days. <laughs> uh, it's got a great rhythm. It's got great melodies, great keyboards in it. And um, I, I like New Order in general. I mean, of course, they're like, I think their biggest hit was Blue Monday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't yeah. want to play that one, but um, yeah, so I, I, I like to listen to the American Psycho soundtrack pretty often. It's got a lot of like, you know, like Huey Lewis and the news on there. And um, I'm drawing a blank on the other guy, the addicted to love guy, Robert Palmer and Robert stuff. Palmer. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, but there, yeah, there's some, a scene in the movie where he's um, Christian Bale's character is in the you know, like one of these eighties dance clubs and everyone's doing Coke and stuff like that. And, and they're, they're bumping true faith by new order. So yeah. Nice. Love it. Right. That's a good choice. choice. Another, another yeah. connection to my list. Almost. This is getting creepy because joy division was on my list and then they came off and, and the members of joy division, you know, uh, formed new order after the lead singer, Ian Curtis, unfortunately committed suicide. Mm. They kind of regrouped and they, they became new order. So all these threads are, are sewing our list together or, or, or my, I should say my near misses are sewing the list together because I haven't put any of them on, but uh, joy division, <laughs> joy division is on, is on the honorable mention list, but uh, that's a great choice, Jonah. Yeah. That was such a, yeah. New order is a great, 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 great brand. Uh, my number three is, it's kind of a twofer. I'm uh, Eric's going to get a kick out of this one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, this is this this starts my my run of 1982 songs. So the next three are all from 82, and I don't know why, but that's just the way it came out. Uh, hit number five on the Billboard charts. And while this this song was charting, the group broke up because they had had enough of each other, and the song became a hit. And the record company's like, "Well, you know, what do you guys?" And they're like, "No, we're done. Like, we don't care. We, we're tired of each other." <laughs> Uh, and then they kind of dr- like drifted and, and tried to pull something together, but it was uh, the group is after the fire, and the na- the song is Der Commissar. Ah, uh, yes, and it's got a riff. Ooh. It's got the riff of all eighties riffs. That is, oh man, I, you know what? I I forgot all about that song. I oh my god, how did I not think of that song? Oh Originally my, oh written, co written, and performed by Falco. Yes, yeah. And his, <laughs> And Falco is just a just a, unfortunately he he passed away so young Falco, yeah. uh, such a character, such a great musician, and just a, a just a uh, yeah just a, a character in music, and and he was so great, and he did a, a version of it in German, and that was a bit a big hit in Germany, and then this group after the fire kind of did the did an American version of it with American lyrics, and just they adapted the riff that was in Falco because Falco's was more of a, a disco-y or dancey version. And then after the fire, it just got that guitar riff in the beginning. It, it's it screams eighties. Uh, yeah, it, it's just a, a great. Uh, it's a great song. That reminds me of like it, it certainly takes me back to when I was young because I remember that song was just. It, it it seems like it it was more popular than number five because everybody used to sing that song. It was like kind of yeah. it was everywhere. Yeah. And then oddly enough, Laura Branigan did a she, she rewrote the song and it, she it was renamed deep in the dark on her her second album oddly enough laura brannigan from gloria fame redid it with new lyrics but the arrangement is exactly the same really it's, yeah wow. very strange like, it's called deep in deep in the dark and it just doesn't fit like after the fire takes the best of the falco version and kind of and and makes it new wavy yeah um and and I, it's just got that the the rappy the kind of rappy singy lyrics, uh, you know the style of, of the vocalist, and then the, this band just imploded. It was like here here's here's the commissar. We're done. We'll see you later. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, it, I remember. Know. Yeah, I, re- I remember their version just flowed so much. It was so much bigger, and it had such a, a broader sound than the than Falco's yeah. version, which was much more stiff and and very stiff you know, and and, and yeah. disco or dancey and, yeah. and kind of not as well produced i mean you know yeah. but but falco co-wrote it uh at least the german version i don't know if the i'm gonna assume that the the lyrics are a direct translation from the german i, I didn't even bother to find that out but i'm i, I think they are um, hmm. but either yeah. way well so i got a two for it if you want the falco version go for the falco if you want yeah. the after the fire version you can certainly go with that and, yeah, and then always, falco would hit later on with rocking amadeus yeah, you know, he he would get finally get a number one with uh, Rock Me Amadeus cashing in when when Amadeus came out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, uh, that Derek Commissar song though, that's another one that's fun to sing like a Charles Dickens character. <laughs> <laughs> Put the accent yeah. on. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, I, actually, I was when I was watching. If you go on Spotify, they have like a little icon and they'll show you the lyrics and stuff. So I'm like, oh, let me just. I never knew the lyrics to the song. Yeah. So I put it on because because he sings it so fast and just. It's so rapid fire. I'm like, you know, so you can pick up a word here and there. And I'm, I'm notoriously not good with with kind of sussing out lyrics. Yeah. Um, so I was kind of like, oh, oh, that's what oh, that's what it's about. Oh, OK. <laughs> <laughs> I just knew De Commissar. Ja, ja. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ja, ja. Uh, so, uh, Eric, number we're up, we're up to number two already. Oh, yeah. We're, we're breezing we're, right through. We're this. blowing through. So we're definitely wow. going to have time for those uh, for those honorable mentions. Yeah. What do you got for number two? My one of my all time favorite eighty songs ever, and that's eighty uh, one's "I'll Melt with You," modern English. Just love, love this song. The first time I heard it, I fell in love with it on the spot, and it was you know MTV again, and that's how I got to know it. And I know it's probably it probably charted fairly well. I think it's a modest hit, but I, I just love, and it's actually I love the the version uh, from the album more because it's longer. So it, it kind of there's more of an extension, there's more of a middle bridge to it, and and yeah, I just and this is right at the right at the end of that song, like when you know when when the the moment where he's like you know like humming, mm-hmm. I love that moment where he's like, mm-hmm, and then all of a sudden that drum kicks in, and I just love that, I just love that part of the song, and I you know it always get always I don't it's it's a simple drum fill, but it gave me chills all the time, and I was always waiting in the in the video for that one 
moment and you actually see the drummer like really <laughs> get really you know go in there but yeah just hands down just one of my favorite 80s songs so there's really not much else to say about it except i just, I just it, love the song it's quintessential you know? new wave i mean that, yeah. I th- that's I, I think i i melt with you is is new wave 101 yeah it, it's danceable it's like you go into a club i used to you know when i was when i was living in florida you know they would play you know they had like 80s nights and down you know ybor city downtown you'd go there and, and that that song and when you hear it like so loud and everybody's dancing to it it was such so great such a great vibe to it you know i just love it and i love the lyrics to the song you know it just it's 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 a kind of a twisted love song i, I guess you know but it, it, you know the lyrics are kind of weird but it, it really you know but it is it is a love song it you know but yeah <laughs> yeah i I, th- I think those yeah. some of those songs became and you mentioned 81 yeah you know because at the time those kind of songs were few and far between so those ones that made it through like like right kids in america and melt with you became really yeah. kind of iconic because the 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 wave hadn't really hit yet of everybody else kind of getting in on it so you know those were kind of like the first shots across the bow of of this type of music that was getting through at least to here and i remember that too everyone it was it was it was something different and it was you know yeah just it still not, had not enough what of, we're hearing yeah it still had enough of that punk sound you know like just enough of the guitar and just enough of it wasn't so heavily overproduced with that studio like real that that real process kind of sound just sort of came in especially a lot of with the hair bands and and the metal stuff of the 80s it really you could really had that like real saccharine it's hard to describe but it just had that certain sound to me that i just couldn't ah couldn't stand you know like everything became electronic and but this this would had just enough of that that sort of like right from the the late 70s period when things were still very analog and very you know and that i just i love that about the song yeah before the studio studio trickery came in and the glossy right that glossy sound that we we both much malign (laughs) yeah we we loved it then it was as slick as ice you could like i said i think it was yeah the the needle would skip across the record it was so slick that it's like eating a piece of sweet candy right and you just like you just get sick of it real fast you know how you like you eat something real and you just oh like you just can't and you you won't eat that piece of candy for for years you know you might revisit it at some point but then you know that was, that was, the, like, la- that was the late 80s for you pretty much yeah <laughs> pretty much so can't candy you won't eat again yeah i i know <laughs> so there you go oh, so that's boy, my number boy. two good yep. that's a that we've got some really I, I love this it's such a yeah such a diverse list and and we're we're at number two so jonah we're getting close to the close to the edge so what's your what's your number two all right. I'm pretty excited about this one. Uh, it is the Ghostbusters theme song by Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> so excellent. And I, I have very specific memories tied in with this. And that would be my after school daycare. We would do field trips to the roller skating rink. I mean, this doesn't get any more 80s than this. <laughs> and when that song would come on, I would like I would go hard on those roller skates. I was like, I don't care how bad I am or if I'm going to fall on my face or whatever. I was uh yeah, you know, that song just gets you so pumped up. And um, and of course, I love the movies and um, and, uh, you know, that sort of iconic um, tie in to the movie, you know, it much like uh, The Power of Love, you know, with um, Back to the Future. You know, this was just like one of the, the great 80s anthems, I would say. Yeah, absolutely. Because you don't really get songs anymore from movies that actually mention the title. Right. Not a whole lot to that, right? It's it's got its riff, which which we've talked about in previous episodes was was lifted from Huey Lewis. Yeah, Huey Lewis um, sued him, sued Ray Parker Jr. and won the lawsuit, uh, famously. But um, so on Movie Lovers Pod, we did an episode on Mortal Kombat, the the nineties original Mortal Kombat, (laughs) and so that that also made and I mentioned that in that episode where you know the the Mortal Kombat theme song just goes Mortal Kombat. And so the Ghostbusters theme song is Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters you know, and it, it doesn't get any more direct and right to the point. So, <laughs> well, because the, well, Mortal Co- the Mortal Kombat theme, they just took. Didn't they take it from the video game too? I mean, they pretty much took a lot of the the theme stuff right from the sound effects from the video game too, right? I mean, they pretty right, much yeah, they use sound effects from the video game. Um, and yeah, it's just they pretty much adapted the theme. I think right. I mean, that was pretty much the theme from the video game for the original film. I don't think so. No? I think that uh, I think the Mortal Kombat theme song was original for the movie. Okay. 
but they did use like the sound clips from the video game and like finish the, him the punching sounds <laughs> and stuff and get yeah. over here yeah, um, yeah. So, Scorp- scorpion was my favorite mortal Kombat character just right on I'm, I'm kind of half embarrassed to say that i w- recently watched a youtube video that i found of ray parker jr doing like a like a 50 minute like five zero fifty 50 minute <laughs> version of the ghostbusters theme song it was like a big jam session and i watched the whole thing <laughs> <laughs> wow yeah how many, t- how many in 50 minutes how many times was that riff played oh because oh. that's all that song is it's the riff and and ghostbusters pretty much you know it's kind of yeah. it's kind of like happy that song happy uh it's it's kind of like yeah just yeah kind of goes oh and there's like videos of of happy just on a loop for hours um, I like well, I like the part of the song too that's like you know it's sort of the like chorus bar B part or whatever. Yeah, that that part hits pretty hard as well. I would say, yeah, yeah. There's some yeah. there's some guitar playing on it too. You know, little yeah. And then in in at the in the music video they got uh, Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, and Ernie Hudson mm-hmm. to uh, to dance in Times Square. I don't think they cleared the traffic out for that too. I think the people like in the background like what the hell like, what are these yeah. people doing? Yeah. Are you a big are you a big fan of the film? Yeah, oh yeah. I mean yeah. The, yeah. both Ghostbusters movies were rented all the time from the video store oh, yeah. back when that was a thing. Yeah. Did you did you see Afterlife or the remake? I did the, uh, and I loved one? it, yeah. What I about the heard... one from a, the re, the quote unquote reboot from a couple of years ago? Oh, the with the female cast. Yes. I did see that. I um I actually kinda liked it. I didn't think it was that bad. Chris Hemsworth kind of stole the show in my opinion, but it's super funny. Yeah. But af- I mean, the afterlife movie that just came out recently, I was crying like a baby at the end of I that. I heard that. I heard a lot of people say that they say like the last 20 minutes of the movie, you're, you're just a mess. I was like no, I uncontrollably sobbing. I'm not going to ruin it for people, but yeah. Wow. wow. We need to check this out. Yeah. Like, you know, like the, you know those like <laughs> sobbing when your chest chest is like heaving yeah. and you're like, yeah. oh my god, this like. Eh. Oh, Dean knows because he he's always getting on me about. I cry about everything. I'm a very sentimental. Every guy, episode, so like, he has something that I shed a he. I I, I, I heard this. And I shed a tear. <laughs> I heard this song and I tear up when I when I hear it. When I open my front door, I tear up. There you go. When I yeah. when I put my shoes on, I tear up. <laughs> I tear up Eric because I need up quite easily because I need a pair of new a new new pair of shoes. So you know these are <laughs> tear up holes. thinking about them. <laughs> there you go. Oh goodness! Uh, oh, are, man. You, are you ready for for? I, I actually, Joni, you're the first person I've actually spoken to or heard that actually saw saw it. I, I haven't really encountered anybody that saw Ghostbusters Afterlife. Andy, so I, our friend Andy uh, Cremines, he he said the exact same thing. He was like, like you know, the, the end of the film, he was crying and he, and he loved it. He thought it was so, so great. Casey Bauer, they both, you know, they both had said great things about it. So oh, big right, fans of go. the film, of the original. So, yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was really powerful. Yeah, I mean, just go the, see it if you haven't the, seen the it. Age, the ageless Paul Rudd. Was yeah. it, that guy's never going to age, right? He's got a painting in his attic. <laughs> Dorian Gray. <laughs> he's got the, he's got the painting somehow. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he got it from, but he's got the painting in his attic. Uh, Eric, you ready for number two? Well, what's your number two? Did you? Did he you just s- did Ghostbusters? Yeah, but yeah. what's oh, your wait, number yours? Oh, you your, did. Oh, it's your my next. turn. That's right. Uh, I'm so excited talking about Ghostbusters. I don't. I lost the. <laughs> I, I lost the plot. <laughs> Jonah just totally tantalized me with, with the emotional draw that Ghostbusters took on him. I totally don't even know what what number we're on. So no, there you go. We're it's intrigued. my number two. Yes. My turn. Okay. I'm ready. I have one. Keeping in the spirit of 1982, the motels, only the lonely. An American band. You And, and, and this is probably the least new wavy song on my list. It actually probably skews more towards rock or pop. According to Wikipedia, they're listed as a new wave band, so I'm, I put them on the list. <laughs> if Wikipedia says it's true, who am I to argue with Wikipedia? I mean, we know yeah. that that's you know. I, I think that not, it, not it, anybody could just write in Wikipedia. Well, it has actually anybody it can write. In Wikipedia. I think I think it has enough of that sound <laughs> to it that I it, it qualifies certainly. Yeah, it is. It's, it's absolutely part of that new wave. And again, and, and you know what? I think there's a difference here. In the beginning, I said, you know, we said about, about the British New Wave and keyboard heavy. And I think the American New Wave stuff skew, had those elements, but I think they had more of a rock sound. 
you know, I think that, you know, and that's a, it may be a broad generalization. You might perhaps. be right. Yeah. I think you're, you're right about but, that. Yeah. But it's a good point. For the most part, like the English stuff was very synth and, and drum heavy and sequenced. Yeah. And the American new wave stuff probably owed more to like guitar-y, Ramones-y rock mm-hmm. stuff with some of those elements put in as well. So uh, the Motels hit number nine on the Billboard charts. Uh, this song is just how, what always I loved about this song is just the tightness of the band. Like I, I'm always drawn to listening more to the background and what the band is doing in the back than to what Martha Davis, who's got a great voice. I mean, this yeah. they, they should have really gone further, the motels, and they had this song and then suddenly last summer. But this one was just one for me of another one that just evokes that era. It kind of fits right in. It's kind of like, oh, man. you know. And and, and Martha Davis could it should have been up there, but for some reason they just couldn't parlay what they were doing into more hits, but this was a big yeah. one. It hit number nine. Yeah, she had it. She had a great voice. She, yeah. You know, she's. Um, this was actually on my honorable mention. You know, this, yeah. this song. So we came close. Yeah, yeah, we came close. <laughs> but near, I love the I love miss. the mood of it. I love the mood of the song. It's one of my favorite songs by a female artist. Yeah. You know, from the eighties. So yeah, yeah you're not going to go wrong with it. And yep. and like I said, they're just for me. What ties it together for her, with her voice is just the tight production. That band just sounds really tight. It fits with what she's doing. It, ba- it backs her well. And like I said, I, I like listening to the backing, what they're doing in the back almost more than the vocals because it just fits so well. And just kind of really, uh, a lot of times I find myself concentrating on that and then like losing the vocals. So, all right, well, I think we're ready. Number one. Ready for number one? Are you yes, ready sir. for Freddie? Yeah, I think so. All right. Um, so number one, this is the top five new wave hits of the 80s. Number one, go for it. So my number one is uh, from one of my favorite bands, and then uh, we didn't. I Chip actually Monks? didn't. Didn't no. Oh. <laughs> did not actually get into them until '84, uh, and uh, it's when we saw "Stop Making Sense," and so in the theater. So "Talking Heads" uh, once in a lifetime is wow. it's actually one of my favorite songs, period. But it certainly is one of my favorite songs by by the talking heads and it, it resonates so well. I mean, today as a middle-aged man, I listen to this song and I, and it's, Oh, wow. I, I think lyrically it's very, it has, it kind of shares the same DNA as like, wouldn't it be nice by the beach boys. So it talks about life and, and dreaming of a life and, and putting yourself in, you know, thinking about where you're going to be, you know, five, 10 years down the road kind of thing that kind of, so it really, at, at the time we just, I thought it was just a ridiculous video. We used to, you know, a, a buddy of ours, you know, we would uh, sit there and actually just be Go- on goof the floor on it, crying, and and because we were so yeah. st- stupid, we're like, "What is this?" And we were just hysterical, laughing, watching this video. But it just, it was so catchy. The song just sort of caught on, and then, like I said, when we saw the film, that really opened the door for, like, you know, I fell in love with the Talking Heads, and I saw, I went back, of course, and and really got into that band, and. Uh, but wow, yeah, that's they're, 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 they're that's an unusual, such an unusual band. And I just love their, their quirkiness and, the, and just their, their, the way of looking at David Burns, the way of looking at life and just in a very sort of like ironic kind of way. And like, there's a, there's a, like tongue in cheek humor to it as well. So yeah, it's some great grooves from, from the band as well. So it, it just, it's sort of skirting the line of like, a, like, like again with the funk thing or some of it's kind of like almost disco in a sense, in a sense, like they, they, they kind of went there. It's like R and B. And then they, you know, they do a little bit of gospel, you know, it's just all kinds of like American type music blended in with a new wave sound. And then they incorporate it into the, into their, into this, this, this thing. And I just love, love the band. You know? Yeah. You've got, it's you've a got shame team, that they, you- you got Tina Weymouth on the bass. Tina I mean, Weymouth, you're not, not yeah. going to go wrong with her. I mean, she's just she should have been probably one of our top five. And when we did our top five bass players, yeah, um, that was probably a grievous omission of not having Tina Weymouth on there. I, I I actually I did think about her, you know, but I put Tal instead. You know, I, I, I wanted to show some love for Tal Wilkenfeld, but I I did think of her. You know, yeah. when, when we did that one, so yeah, yeah. absolutely an amazing but, bass player, and yeah. and yeah, the rhythm section. Her and her husband Chris Franz, Franz they mm-hmm. became the Tom Tom Club. So that's where you hear those that others. Uh, you know, you talk about the uh, the kind of sounds that Talking Heads come out with. Mm-hmm. They, you know, they were kind of in, on on their own trajectory too of of making different types of music and then. Yeah. incorporating that with david burns kind of 
skewed view on things. Just <laughs> yeah. For, yeah, I mean, it was just like it was like the talking heads. Like you said, there's nothing there's nothing that really is like them. The no, closest I, I, the closest was that song by by Modest Mouse, Float On. I thought that was a talking head song when I first heard it. Yeah. From that was like the nineties, I think. Uh, yeah. Wasn't Modest Mouse pretty big in uh I think that was the two thousands. Oh, it was two thousands? Mid two thousands, yeah. yeah. That was they were part of that whole movement of uh like New York band type bands, you know, like the strokes and all that. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, I thought I thought yeah. it was early. I thought it was I thought they were in the in the the nineties alternative, but early 2000s and i'm like yeah this this sounds a lot like talking heads to me that's the closest i've ever heard anybody come yeah well when we did the 90s one with rusted root the yeah. lead singer for rusted root sounds there, a too. lot like 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 uh, david yeah, byrne to right. me so it had that world incorporating that sort of in their later stuff that he would david byrne would incorporate that more world sound and you know like latin and mm-hmm. you know sort of you know spanish flavor and that kind of stuff or african flavor if you will but yeah, it just yeah they're just they're just a great band. They're nice. just so so quirky and so great. So yep, cool. There you go once so in a lifetime. Is. Yep, number one, Jonah. All right, this is what we've worked we've worked to this moment with you. Yes, we've gone is, through this, through the top four, and we're here. Here at we the are. Station. This is exciting. So <laughs> I just want to. So this is a song that I really want to cover. I love it so much that I want to cover it with one of my bands. It is Shake the Disease by Depeche Mode. Hmm. Now, I've, I would argue that Depeche Mode are to new wave what Metallica are to metal. I think Depeche Mode is like, I mean, feel free to disagree. Depeche Mode are like the quintessential band from that era. And they're still going now and making music and touring when, you know, under normal circumstances. Even though they're, they're all old men now or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I just... I don't know if this would be classified as a deep cut. Um, I discovered it just listening to a, a Depeche Mode playlist on Spotify one day, and I absolutely love it. It's got hooks for days. Um, the chord progression choices in it are unorthodox to me, and they took a lot of creative liberties with it that were unique to them and brave, I think, and it's just... Yeah, it's. I mean, it's an incredible song. It was an easy choice for me for number one. Um, yeah, was that was great. that like? Did you choose the number one right from the jump, or like you yeah. knew that was it? Yeah, and then work backward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And now you're, yeah, you're the, right about the Depeche other one, Mode. But, you know, what's that? I said you're you're absolutely right about Depeche Mode and their impact yeah. in, in the '80s was just they they were on that kind of goth. Not real. I mean, actually, when they first started out, they were kind of poppy. They had that song, "Just Can't Get Enough." Yeah. Which yeah. is really not anything sounding like what they would do later. Like Yeah, they're they're like kind of darker, more melancholic stuff that they would do. Um, that's the stuff that I get into yeah. a lot more for sure. Yeah, and they, they um, definitely started out as as that more poppier edge and then kind of veered off into some more serious themes. They they realized that life is tragic, so <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't all pop songs and <laughs> Yeah. Sad, yeah, they they, they did have more akin to like uh, with the bands like the Smiths. I think they were you know they kind of had that similar vibe going in, in their later stuff as well. Uh, but yeah, you're you, you're I agree as well. They they are one of the quintessential new wave bands you know, of the eighties. You know what it probably was? They just realized that um, chicks get into like dark brooding dudes more. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know that chick, chicks go for guys with tortured souls. Yeah, they, they're broken. They think they can fix them. Yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> I so can like, fix oh, him. Look at him. I can more fix him. This way. Yeah, he's so depressed. Uh-huh. I can make him happy. <laughs> Not in Depeche Mode. You can't. <laughs> you have to have a certain demeanor to to retain your membership in Depeche Mode. No yeah. more. Just can't get enough songs. That 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 went out very early that, on. That has to be my <laughs> least favorite song by them. So it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah, it's I don't. A, I don't remember when I came across that song. I'm like, wait, this is Depeche Mode. Mm. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the musical version of Splenda, you know, it's just like <laughs> disgusting. It's like a child song that, you know, it's very, Eric, did you ever hear that song? Just can't get enough. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. so like, yeah, like, yeah, you you hit it Nothing, on the head. Unlike yeah, anything very, they've very, yeah, si- right. very simple, but, but catchy songs often are simple. Right. And, and that's all it was. There was not a lot to it. But the fact that it was Depeche Mode was what kind of threw me. I'm like, wait, this is just like a like pop pop stuff 
you know, not the, not the, I, I came to it like after. So after hearing personal Jesus and all that other stuff, and then hearing that, I'm like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. This is the same band. Yeah. How did they get from, yep. from A to Z? My sister's a huge fan of the live version of everything counts, which is a beast in itself. If you've ever heard that from blasphemous rumors, there it's like an EP, a live EP. And, it, and that came out in 93. So it was recorded, you know, later, later on. So, mm. But that's but that thing is 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 so great. It's such I, I love that version of the song myself. It's so much better than the studio version. I feel, and that, you know that's one of her, like all time favorite. I almost put that, you know, on my oh. on my list as what well, you know that would have so been interesting. That, two Depeche Mode, but different yeah, songs. Yeah, it, it, I came close. And in fact, I should have used it. I should have been an honorable mention, but I, I, it wasn't. It didn't go there either. It just hey, beca- but, uh, just became yeah. one. Eric, are you, have you heard of a metal band from Sweden called In Flames? I've heard the name, but I, okay. I'm not familiar with the Check music. Check out In Flames does a cover of Everything Counts. Okay. And I always loved that song, and I didn't even realize it was a cover back when I was in high school. But they, they it's it's a unique take on it, that's for sure. It's yeah, pretty heavy, I'll, so. Infl- okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm putting it down. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot from this guy. This is cool. You know, jot, some, Eric's yeah. jotting everything down. Jotting he's everything a, down. There you go. He's yeah. got his he's got his quill and he's dipping it in his ink and writing it <laughs> on a parchment. Hey, that's I'm here to we put are. A, a unique flavor in this mix. So, <laughs> absolutely. No, we love it. Yeah. Uh, okay. My turn again. Number one. Uh, I'm I'm gonna take a page from Eric's file, and I guarantee you, Eric probably never heard this song. Maybe I don't think so. So I'm gonna I'm saving my number one for a really obscure song, but I, but I need to advocate for it. That's why. Because I think people need to hear it. And um, it was something that I totally forgot about a few years ago. A friend of mine, I don't know, more than more than ten years ago, but he sent me in the he emailed me an MP3 of this song, and I'm like, what? What do you say? Like I didn't ask for this. Why did you send it? And I, it didn't, I didn't recognize it. And then when I played it, I'm like, oh my God, I forgot. And I love when I forget about a song and hear it now. And it happens very, it doesn't happen very often, but this was one of those ones. He sent it to me and I played it. I'm like, oh my God, I forgot this song even existed. It hit, this is how obscure it is. It hit number 109 on the Billboard Top 200. Okay. So we're not, not even close to being anything. But I remember it, and it's the group is the Monroes, and the mm. song is "What Do All the People Know?" And it is this the the tale of this band. They were a new wave. They were a new wave band from San Diego. Okay, they put out an EP, oh, um, yes. and they were on they were on a Japanese label. All okay. right, they're a San Diego yeah. band on a Japanese label. The label decides to pull up stakes in the United States. Like we're not we're not doing anything in the United States anymore. So they were left without a label after putting out this EP with this marvelous song. What do all the people know on it? And then they got signed to to CBS records and CBS gave them no support. It was just like they just kind of just disintegrated before they even got started. It's got two. This song has got two lead singer, two, two singers. And it arrived, we talked about it in our squeeze episode, how different and Tilbrook kind of lay their vocals and it almost sounds like one person. Mm-hmm. This song has that same type of thing. There's two guys singing, but their their vocals are so well matched that it sounds like one person with a very unique voice. And I, oh, yeah. I totally forgot about it. And and my friend sent it to me and I'm like, wow, I number 109 in the charts. No wonder I forgot about it because it never gets played anywhere. And I don't even remember how I would have heard it back in 82, but I definitely was like, oh my God, I heard it. And it was like, you know, I I need to, I needed to put them at number one. I think because they deserved it because they really, I don't know how this didn't do better, but they also just got kind of screwed by circumstance. I actually bought the EP. I was at a record show, a record convention, and they had it. I'm like, I like pulled it out. I I made believe I didn't really care about it, but inside I'm like, oh shit. Like, yeah, I, this is the Monroe's EP. And I'm, you know, I was like, well, how, you know, I was trying to really, well, how much you want for this? Because, you know, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, who wants, you know, Oh, like, now, five, I, like, now we, I need we, to go listen to will it. You t- will I'm... you take $5? And he's like, all right. <coughs> I, I ran. I'm like, I got it. <laughs> Sucker. Nice. nice. That's great. <laughs> so what, what we're going to do also is we're going to put our list um, in, in the show notes as well. We're also, I'm also going to make a Spotify playlist. So I'll make the playlist of all these songs and we'll, we'll also link that in the show notes. So if you want to listen to some of these songs and I, I love, it's such a great spread. I, I represent the poppy stuff. 
I wear my heart on my sleeve. Eric mm -hmm. was kind of there too. And then Jonah actually really was on that, was on that, that, uh, that English kind of new wave edge there, which I really liked with, with new order and, and Depeche mode. And that really yeah. is a certain segment of, of new wave as well. That was like the more serious, you know, I went for the poppier stuff and Jonah was definitely more on the serious edge. So I like the, I like the spread we have here of, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When I when I listen to my new wave, I gotta you know I want to cut myself and <laughs> and uh, and put on guy liner and everything. <laughs> I'm 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 more like Steve Buscemi and, and Billy Madison. I'm putting like the lipstick on. Yeah. My awesome. face and, and making my list of people I'm gonna I'm gonna that bullied me in school. <laughs> Anytime you want to make a, a Billy Madison reference, I'm on board for it. So. <laughs> in your pants is the coolest. Then I'm James Brown. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i see um, i see a billy madison uh kindred episode, spirit episode in the in our future here you know so we, we maybe we oh yeah have you on i'm, to I'm gonna, talk I'm, gonna about that. I'm gonna break yeah, be... i'm gonna break my own rule eric mm -hmm. you go out and you find that fucking dog <laughs> <laughs> the kid lost a puppy <laughs> Oh uh, <laughs> yeah, Miss, Miss uh, Lippy should have gotten best yeah. supporting actress for that. Oh. <laughs> I forgot. I was watching that with some. I was watching it with somebody recently in the scene where Miss Lippy's like putting the glue on her face, and someone's like, "What? What does that mean?" I said, "I don't know, but it's funny." I, said, I have no clue yeah. why Miss Lippy is putting the, like the paste like on her face, <laughs> like it's a, like a, a facial cream or something. I'm like, yeah. I don't get it, but that's the great thing about that movie. Is some some stuff was just so random. <laughs> that you don't even yeah. try to figure it out. You just have to kind of go with it and right. take it as the overall thing. Yeah. You know? Dodgeball so time is special time for Miss Lippy, also. <laughs> <laughs> and the way uh, he's just pegging those kids when he plays dodge. I mean, he was really tagging those kids with the ball. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't really holding back. Some of those kids got hit like right in the chest and in the back. I mean, he was really, really pegging them with that ball. That will cool. be yeah. That we'll get to Billy. All right, Madison. so a Billy, we'll Madison Billy Madison podcast episode needs to happen. Yeah, count me in for right. sure. Yeah, we're gonna get there. We, there go. we go. We found the one. We, yeah. we we pushed the right button for Jonah, and we got it. And it only took us to guest once on our show for him to to reveal his true nature that it's Billy Madison. That's yeah. what he wants to talk yeah. about. You found you found my weakness. <laughs> there you go. His Achilles heel. There it is. Adam yeah. Sandler. Happy Gilmore too. Or no, no, just Billy Madison. Let's do Billy Madison. Yeah, okay. I love Happy Gilmore also. Okay. But I, mean, I love that one too. But yeah. if we can be real for a sec, though, Miss Veronica Vaughn, so hot, wants yes. to touch the hiney. Uh, want to touch the hiney? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Uh, oh god Brad, been... bradley whitford was in that too oh my god yeah. It's been, it's... yeah he's always i always see him in stuff nowadays and i'm like that's he's eric from billy madison yeah uh, you know? and the teacher we, we are more we are all now more stupid for having listened to that <laughs> it's been, it's <laughs> been a really long now, time since i've seen it actually. for having heard that god it's it's been so long since i've seen it too so i'm like i'm you it's all coming back and who did <laughs> you know? darren darren mcgavin was the father right yes <laughs> That, right, that was, <laughs> Darren McGavin was the father. I love him. I used to yeah, love that such guy. A great, he was such a yeah, yeah. And he wants a snack pack. Anyway, we we <laughs> took we took a, we took an exit, but that's fine. It was a, an appropriate <laughs> exit because uh, we're, it's always a good time to talk about Adam Sandler films. Yeah, and Billy Madison. So let's do just one honorable mention. Let's roll through that quick, and then we'll then we'll tie everything up. So what do you pick? Pick your well. You said you only have two, so you got a 50-50 shot. What are you going to grab, Jonah? Oh, if I only get one honorable mention. Yeah, make it good. All right. All right. So I'm going to have to go with Weird Science by Oingo Boingo. Danny Elfman has, of course, gone on to have this awesome film scoring career. But uh, to know that he started out in Oingo Boingo is, you know, pretty stellar. So, yeah. Great, yeah, you seem to have choice. an affinity for the movie from songs from, from movies. Yeah. Well, I love music and movies, so it makes sense, yeah. right? Bingo. Yeah. Eric? Honorable course, mine was, is, is the ultimate love love song you hear it all the time and that's true spandell ballet i just nice I, you know i'm a sucker it's a great for song. song i i love it. it it's it's so good you know every vocal. dance you see every every 80s movie it's it you know it's or movies about the 80s it's there yep uh you know even steve buscemi and in, in the wedding singer right that's I mean, right he sang it at the end, end. at the end i i, I oh <laughs> god i love it you know it's so, such a great tune yep wow that's so, a good there one. it is 
Yeah. Uh, my I have three honorable mentions, so I'm gonna if I'm picking one, I'm gonna pick the song that was on my list, but then I took it off, and I probably shouldn't. Whip it by Devo. Ah. It is so easy to take <laughs> it is so easy to take that song for granted. But for some reason, recently I've been getting into Devo. I'm like, I'm really starting to appreciate what they were doing. And actually the, the fact that they're really first rate musicians as well. Yeah. You know, back then it was a novelty. Like, oh, whip it, you know, uh, you know, with the whip sound and everything. But wow, I, I just really kind of a, a, now understood what they were doing when they were like at the time. I'm like, oh, I don't get this. It's weird. It's kind of whatever. But now mm -hmm. I'm like, it came out in 1980. So I'm 42 years behind the curve on whip it as far as like my you know everyone knows it but as far as my appreciation for whip it uh it's it's made a full circle and come back to uh to 2022 and i can appreciate and mother's whip it. spa another one who yeah. went into film scoring yeah, i was Marshall. just about to say that yeah. he did the thor ragnarok score yes, and it yes, is he did fantastic it is absolutely yeah he is a brilliant man yeah yeah so. and he still does stuff with devo too uh, Jerry Jerry Casali also was the bass player for for Devo, and he kind of keeps the Devo flames going. But then they reconvene every so often and do stuff as Devo. So good stuff! Wow, what a what a great what a great top five. This was a lot of fun. So Jonah, where can we find you again? Uh, where can we, where can people listen to Movie Lovers Podcast? Um, you can go to movieloverspod.com. Uh, we're available on any kind of streaming platform where you can find podcasts. And then our handles are at Movie Lovers Pod on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you want to listen to my music, you should go to pyramaze.com. That's P-Y-R-A-M-A-Z as in zebra, E.com. Or catalystcrime.com is my symphonic metal band that I'm in as well. Or you can also visit me at jonahweingarten.com. And I'm not going to even spell my last name for you. Good luck. That's okay. We're going we're gonna to link. We're going to put all those links into the show notes as well. Awesome. So you're going to be able to find all those. We highly encourage you check out the uh, Movie Lovers podcast. It's very again they have a different spin on it, and that's all they talk about. So uh, go go check them out. It's Jonah. It's been a pleasure having you. Yes, uh, sir. It's been really fun, guys. Thank it you was, so much. It was a lot of fun. I, I guess we've got you booked for for Billy Madison when. Uh, yeah, when that comes around, and that 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 will that will have to be uh, we'll have to put an E after that episode for explicit. I'm, I'm guessing it's <laughs> mm -hmm. or disclaimer <laughs> right yeah. before. Yeah, that's definitely that has to it has to go there. We got you can't we have to we avoid it. It's definitely going to go there. So uh, yep. as for us, you can find us on social media, Instagram and Facebook at thirty three twenty four podcast. We occasionally do the Twitter thing as well. That's thirty three twenty four p. I was able to get a shorter handle just because of my short attention span. New episodes come out every Thursday. We also have quick hits that come out every Monday, which is also shorter form, little smaller bites for you to enjoy about music and film. Again, Jonah Weingarten from Movie Lovers Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on this top five new wave hits of the 80s episode. Check out Movies Lover, Movie Lovers Podcast. Like I said, we're going to link everything in the show notes, but you can also find it on your favorite uh, podcast platform as well. For Eric, for Jonah... This has been Dean, and we will catch you on the flip side. You've been listening to the 3324 Podcast with Dean Legiro and Eric Cooper. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider, so please like, subscribe, and rate to become a part of the 3324 family. Your feedback is important, so make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 3324podcast and on Twitter at 3324p to join the conversation. 